0: Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work?
1: This is episode one Life Coaching Does it Work? In this week's episode, we talk about life coaches. It seems like everyone, from Tony Robbins to Steve's mother, is a life coach or a coach of some kind. They range from hokey pokey to former executives helping people sort out their huge organizational issues. What is a coach? Do they work? And can Steve's mom actually help me when it appears that she knows nothing about anything? In act one, we'll take you through the news. What's current with coaching right now? In act two, the funnies, we'll say some really, really funny things about coaching. No, like really funny. And in act two, the science, we'll take the nerds through the sciencey, techy, data-oriented bit behind coaching, the boring bit. And in act four, put it to the test, we'll tell you, does coaching actually work? We've got a couple of case studies that tell us how life coaching has worked for us working with our clients, and we'll tell you when it really works and when it's completely pointless. I'm Nicole North. And I'm Ruth Henderson. And we're your hosts today. Welcome to The Process of Things, where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. Act One in the News. There's a lot of different terms for coaching right now. Uh, coaching
0: is one of those buzzwords that seems to die and then come back, and but it only comes back when people are making an awful grimace, like, <laughs> right? Life coach, if, yeah.
1: you, if I tell someone I'm, I'm a coach and they're like, are you a life coach? Yeah,
0: I try not to use that because of that phrase exactly. But if I say I'm a coach, then sometimes they say
1: basketball, volleyball, because <laughs> I'm tall. You're very sporty. <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> new. And what's the difference then? So what's the difference between a life coach and an executive coach, for example? So in my opinion, there's only
0: really subtle differences because coaching is coaching. If you look at the fundamental meaning behind coaching, you're helping someone else achieve something that you can't do for them. Right? So if you're a sports coach and you have a sports team, you can't go out there and play the game for them. You can't shoot the ball in the basket. It's me with my my basketball terms. Um, Good one. You, you can't have that two point or three point goal, fourth goal <laughs> basket for them. No more <laughs> sports metaphors. No more sports metaphors. So you can't do that for them. If you are helping someone uh, and you're considering yourself a life coach, you're helping them figure out solutions to their own problems that are making them stuck in their life. What they want to do, what they want to achieve. You can't do that for them. It's a little bit of self-discovery. Absolutely. A great coach is always trying to get somebody to say what they would love to tell them. So um, a life coach is helping you get unstuck with problems in your life and things that you're trying to get done. An executive coach is really focusing on executives, but doing the same thing. I mean, we we call it executive coaching because it does tend to focus on those people who are in the c-suite as they love to say sounds more she she but it is it's essentially just that behind the door when the door closes the executive may want to talk about work and they may want to talk about uh, some issue that they're dealing with that's preventing them from getting to work or being interested in their work
1: and so a leadership coach would just be coaching for any leader
0: yes often helping them with their leadership skills. Again, that's what it's supposed to focus on. And after you start talking with people enough, it branches off and it morphs. And suddenly we're talking about um, how they're really having trouble getting out the door in the morning. And when they get to work, they're so flustered that they really can't sit down and start working for a couple of hours and -hmm. what they could do to change that.
1: Hmm. Career coach then, coach that helps you self-discover
0: where you want to go next what do you want to do? Do you want to go somewhere else? Do you want to stay where you are? What's the right reason for thinking of a new job? And how do you go about finding a new job? Which again, a coach doesn't have the answers to all these things. It's about helping that person think of their own questions and really answer them. It's, it's kind of, you know, just helping somebody get unstuck and you don't have to know everything in order to do it.
1: It's kind of like that really good best friend that, Asks you the tough question. Yes. Doesn't tell you exactly what you want to hear. Yes. Asks you a tough question that makes you think it instead you of just saying
0: yes, you're right. Yes, you're right.
1: I like that friend too, though.
0: Well, on some days you need that kind of friend too. Sadly, uh, that's not what a coach is for. Otherwise, it would be very easy.
1: Hmm. What's in the news these days? No. Um, in life coaching. Well, it's life well, coaching in general.
0: It's the new year, right? Oh. <laughs> So everybody has goals. Let's
1: set goals.
0: Let's set goals.
1: What's your resolution, Ruth? Uh, Oh,
0: my resolution, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week, and I'm going to um, start watching what I eat. I'm cutting out sugar and bread entirely. Well, actually, I am, but that's for a different reason. But yeah, it's January, so let's all set goals. Let's do something different, and yet we don't do anything different.
1: Interesting. So there was an article we were looking at, um in uh the finance section at yahoo.com and it was talking about how people like to set resolutions and a quote unquote life coach or health coach it's all the same thing Um, (laughs) a coach was saying that coaching is more effective for those kinds of new year resolution type things than just making a resolution
0: Yeah, because it's well, it's my favorite word. Grok,
1: right? Oh, boy, here she grok, goes. Grok, here I go.
0: It's a word, people. G R O K. Look it up. Um and when somebody can come up with their own conclusion and they've done so after answering tough questions and thinking of all the possibilities, they grok the concept, which means to viscerally get something. I get, get it, it in the gut. I get it in the gut and because of that, I'm much more likely to do it versus, you know, a glass of wine on New Year's Eve or two or three or four and writing down my list of 10 resolutions, all of which I'm going to achieve by January 31st.
1: Not going to happen. Not
0: going to happen. I saw a, um, a tweet the other day from somebody who said it's January 31st. Your gym isn't busy anymore because it's everybody's just dropped all of those goals and resolutions. So that's where you see a lot of coaching articles um, that say, uh, there was one I saw in Huffington Post and it said, I don't need no stinking coach. And of course it was totally tongue in cheek saying, of course, everyone needs a coach. Even coaches need coaches.
1: For sure they do.
0: So yeah, with the, with the new year, you've got coaching all over the place and-, and um, it,
1: Like not only do you like get someone to help you viscerally get an idea and be able to do it, you also have someone holding you accountable.
0: Hopefully, yeah. It's
1: why all those weight loss programs, like Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, where you go in and get weighed in all the time, Mm -hmm. when someone is actually looking at that number on the scale, not just you, Mm -hmm. makes a bit of a difference.
0: Well, and it's a big difference too, when you have, um, that's like a health goal, if you have a work goal that you're trying to achieve as well. If no one is actually saying, hey, how did that go last week? And as you know, like we, we like to say to people, what got in the way? Not, why didn't you do it, you big loser. That's I don't, not coaching. I, I don't answer really you don't. well. <laughs> so, Nicole, why didn't you do that, you big loser?
1: Yeah. Silent tears are flowing down my face. Yes, and crickets. Crickets. Right? Um, well, that'll be interesting. We're, and when we get into the science bit, we'll talk about why coaching actually works scientifically. But now, my favorite act of the day.
0: Act two, the funnies. <laughs>
1: Why do you like act two so much? Because I'm very funny. Yeah,
0: we are both very funny.
1: (laughs) Do you think anyone's laughing? No, right now they're thinking, what am I listening to?
0: But they haven't seen our video probably that
1: shows how funny we are. how funny we are. Yeah. Um, So I thought of a couple things that were really funny um, that we do that's kind of related to coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the first ones that came to my mind is Ruth and I, when you're coaching, it's often at the time that you've asked self-discovery questions. And at some point, someone's just not going to be able to figure out what's going on. And I, I had a client like this that was amazing. And at one point she's like, I know you're asking me these questions. Just tell me what you want to tell me. Yeah. And so we always start that direct statement with, can I tell you something? May I tell mm-hmm. you something? So this happens to Ruth and I all the time. We're teaching a course, get out of a course. May I tell you something?
0: Yeah. What do you do when they say, just tell me it already? Stop asking me coaching questions.
1: Sometimes I tell them. I had one particular client that just couldn't get there in her mm-hmm. own brain. She just wanted to know what I thought mm-hmm. because she trusted it. So there were certain concepts that we dealt with in a typical self-discovery way. Yeah. And then in other ones, she said, just tell me.
0: Ugh, just tell I, me what you're thinking. I think it's such a relief because I'm dying to tell them what I want to say. And as a coach, you can't do that. Unless yeah. you, right up front, you say, okay, I'm taking my coach's hat off now. And I'm putting my advisor's hat on. Is that okay? And they'll go, yes, please, usually.
1: Uh, Sometimes because they're just not getting it, the questions you're asking, or they're not having the self discovery. And then it's okay to do that. Yeah.
0: And that, when when you put that advisor hat on, again, it's from a coach, it's kind of hard to explain. It's from a coaching perspective because I still don't understand, for instance, accounting. So I can't advise you on the technical aspects of accounting, but on how you're trying to approach this problem. I can help with that.
1: Hmm. And I think that's a big thing. Like, people don't realize that we don't, as coaches, you're not just giving advice. We're yeah. not like sports coaches. It's not like I say, go and yeah. stand at the baseline. And when the ball moves, don't move, get them defense go offense right it's not telling you <laughs>
0: your sports analogy go. is no better than mine no it is not
1: <laughs> it is not but I I think they get what we mean
0: yeah no it's true um the uh the, tell, tell
1: the story about um when you're when you were a director and your manager oh. coached you because I think that's a funny story it is
0: kind of funny in the moment it wasn't very funny I was horrified with myself. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it is funny now and it, it only was possible because I trusted this guy and I, had, I knew him for a while. We were uh, in a meeting. It was him. I'm going to call him Tony. So it was Tony and me and one other person in a meeting. This has got to be 12 or 13 years ago. And it was a terrible meeting. This other person that was in the room Uh, was a colleague of mine. Lovely person. I would love to have her as my neighbor. I use my stock phrase for nice people that I never want to work with. Um, She talked in circles, couldn't make a point. And it was so frustrating. And I had a lot to do and a lot to get done. And the meeting was complete. It was awful. It ended frustrated, no action plan. And you know me and my action plans. I need that. So the meeting ended fine. She left and Tony started to walk towards the door and I thought he was leaving too. And I said, so I'll see you you later, (laughs) Tony. (laughs) And he he just reached out and he shut the door, but he was still in my office. So he didn't leave. That's awkward. It was really awkward. And I looked at him like, yes. And he said, "Um, Ruth, can I tell you something? And I just almost fell over. And I said, yeah. Now, this is before... I knew the Kenya can I tell you something? He knew it already, I didn't. And he said, um, how do you think that meeting went? And I just, I was still mad, right? I was all frustrated and talking with my hands and all that. And I said, well, it was awful. We didn't get anywhere because da-da-da-da-da-da. And I said, she can't do these things. And he said, um, and so do you think that was a valuable use of your time? And I said, well, no. And then he said, well, what might you have done differently Wow. To get a better result, and I just stopped. Light bulb! Light bulb! Ding. It actually clicked on. I'm being coached. I'm, and I looked. I looked at him, and I said, "You're coaching me." And he said, "Yeah, I am." Is that okay? I said, "It's perfect." So it was a great story, uh, or a great moment in the time, because he helped me recognize what had happened without actually saying. Hey Ruth, do you know what you could have done in this moment was this, this, and this.
1: And so often that's the feedback that people get in the office is next time in a meeting, be more strategic. Oh,
0: strategic. That's a terrible thing to say. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. Be more strategic or, uh, next time you need this, um, you get, do the presentation. I need you to engage the audience more. What, how is that even helpful?
1: Instead of asking great coaching questions, Mm -hmm. like how did that presentation go? How did it feel? Did you what, feel everybody was engaged? What told you? What told you that people were engaged mm-hmm. while they were listening to you? Mm-hmm. What told you that they weren't engaged?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Great questions.
0: Yeah, that was um, that was a really good moment, and now it's hilarious to tell when I see him. And we do still talk about that event. And he thinks he just thinks it's hilarious that he coached up, as we call it.
1: Wow. Well, you know what I always say? If you no. can coach up, down, <laughs> you do know what I always say. Why would you say no? Because you
0: don't say it really that often.
1: I do. When you coach up, down, and across, that's the perfect organization prepared for change. Change management is an upcoming episode, by the way.
0: Act three, the science.
1: In the International Journal of Evidence-Based Coaching and Mentoring, Mm -hmm. it talked about the science behind coaching and why, why coaching works better than setting those resolutions, right? It's great for... A nutrition coach to say don't just make resolutions hire me as a coach yes but what's the science behind it for those fact finders data people theory hoarders those whatever people it is. like
0: me don't make a face while oh. you say those things right fair
1: I would like the science behind it please You would like the science behind it so mm-hmm. there's a couple you know there's a couple of theories um, one is um, based in behaviorism so They talk about behaviorism being applied to higher level training. So learning by adults, um, and that's behavior and role modeling. So it uses techniques like goal setting and self-reinforcement to help people acquire the characteristics of a competent role model. Wow. A competent role model in what? I guess in whatever thing you want to do. So I'm assuming let's talk leadership coaching. Mm So it, this is kind of a perfect example of behaviorism, mm-hmm. the use of behaviorism in, in coaching, in leadership coaching, is that you goal set, you create some strategies, and then you also role model those strategies with your participant, right? right. Leadership right. coaching is ever so slightly more directive in that, in what it says about like, here's the strategy, here's what you're going to do. Right.
0: Right. Um- Directive may sound too strong for people. I know what you're trying to say. It's I you don't have a directive bone in my body. Yeah, so for me, well,
1: directive is just like that's very not true. being flowery. Yes, <laughs> you are very funny.
0: Maybe I uh, know. Maybe if it's not too much trouble, would you mind? Uh, yeah. No, it's it's a little more advisory. Yeah. Right. In in that saying, here's what a great leader looks like. Let's talk about those skills and where you would rank yourself in your competency in those skills. Mm -hmm.
1: So further examples of this kind of role modeling can be role play or behavior simulation. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you do in this scenario? Okay, this is going to happen. It's almost Mm -hmm. like planning your conversations Mm -hmm. out and doing things like that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. The second kind of science-y application for coaching or something that's used very much in coaching is neuro-linguistic programming. That sounds so fancy. It sounds super fancy. It is is the incorporation of visualization and altering mental states well they
0: talk about that a lot in sports don't they visualize yourself winning
1: yeah visualize a perfect
0: dive so for like
1: a sciencey person i would see how this would be this is hard for for me
0: yeah it is hard for me and it's similar to um uh when you're trying positive reinforcement even in having a mantra that you would repeat in your head i find that a little bit easier than visualizing success as part of um, a behavioral change.
1: I agree, and it's interesting, something I'd never done before, and I did it for a friend who was going through a rough time. Mm -hmm. And I remember giving her a mantra because she was having trouble, she was getting really upset, she was having some health troubles, and I said, okay, your body is telling you the right thing trust your body, it knows what it's doing. Mm -hmm. That's your mantra. I want Mm -hmm. you to wake up every morning and say, trust your body, it knows what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought of it. And it really worked for her because her brain was slipping into negative pathways every time. Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? Instead of saying, my body knows what it's doing, it's keeping me safe. This is the right way. And it really worked. And so I found it useful with, with... coaching clients particularly that can't change a mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is that, so a mantra or having something like that is similar to... That's
1: neuro-linguistic neuro-lingu- programming. Huh.
0: I, I helped somebody once who um, was really struggling with dealing with other people after she changed her diet. And she changed her diet for health reasons and she was really tired of people offering their comments and their help all the time, all the time. And it got to a point where her, um, I think she was worried about her perception of her body language, her face, because she was getting really annoyed. Mm. And so I helped her with a phrase there and she uses that phrase every single time. The same one. Thank you so much. I'm going to look into that. And it was, so that was her mantra. And she then told me later, it was a mantra for many things. Thank you so much. I'm going to look into that. It enabled her to smile be kind
1: and kind of shut the person down. Oh my gosh, and interestingly, a very similar story, I was working with a client who had difficulty saying no. So mm. anytime he got requests for work, he'd say yes, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. And because of that easygoing, it was came from such a great place yeah. of wanting to help and wanting to be there, but literally not having enough hours in the day or mm-hmm. not being able to properly schedule it. We worked on a mantra that said, yes, I can let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. Huh. Instead of saying, yes, I can. I'll get there ASAP. Yeah. Which never f- left the client feeling comfortable. Yeah. Or, you know, no, I can't, which is what he could not say. And he just couldn't could not say, it. say it. So practice and practice and practice. Yes, I can. Let, let me, me check, check my, my schedule. schedule. to figure so out what. So we're working one. on yeah. it. So it, you know, it yeah, is a tactic weird. that I think you and I, when we first learned it, thought it was a bit, a little mm-hmm. higgly jiggly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in retrospect, I've actually used it a few times. And when you go to like the big piece of NLP programming, that's kind of going into a deep state and visualizing a future state and why you want to be there and how you're going to feel. And to be honest, I did have one or two clients that said, yeah, I'll read the visualization mantra and listen to it every morning. They wanted it.
0: So it works for some people. It's uh, clearly you need to be receptive I would say you need to be receptive no matter what kind of coaching or what kind of modeling that you're doing.
1: Act four,
0: putting it to the test. Yeah, Uh, you know, the whole point of our podcast is talking about whether things work or not. And um, I don't know what you would say.
1: But wait, Ruth, aren't we coaches? we are coaches aren't we just trying to spin this around and say coaching does work just to get clients
0: you know most of the time yeah but I had a coach or sorry and got to stop the yeah buts, Um, I had a, a, a client and it didn't work for him it did not work for this guy what was the what was the barrier so this guy um, was an older gentleman who was exceptionally skilled in his field and had book learning like you wouldn't believe. He also had, um, I would say, a difficult personality uh, in that he really struggled to accept that things could be other than what he believed. So he believed, (laughs) yeah. So rigid. It was so rigid, and you think I'm structured. This (laughs) poor guy, when I sat down to meet him, he handed me his resume first, and I'm a coach. I'm not his boss. And his resume was a resume that all it did was list all his credentials, literally his degrees, his certificates, and his published papers in this field. So there was nothing else to talk about. And he really struggled as a new, believe it or not, this guy, he was probably, I'm going to say, close to 60, and it was his first management role. So he had come to me for help in getting to know his team better. And getting to engage and getting to interact with them Um, but he could not let go of certain preconceived ideas that he had. Clearly the first one was um, that he needed to learn everything that his team knew so that he could properly manage them and of course a good leader surrounds themselves with the experts and knows what they need to to make sure you know Things are running the way they should but they don't have to know all the details. He could not let that go. And so he, um, he refused to shift the way he was spending his day. Uh, he refused to get to know people and instead was reading more books and learning mm-hmm. more papers. So we spent, um, the engagement with him was a short one because the company that was uh, hiring out had a really short contract left so I only had six or seven sessions with him. And he's a lovely guy, really nice to talk to, and really struggled with adding new styles. So we went through things, and he would he would uh, look at stuff. We did a great assessment. He thought it was really interesting,
1: and he said, "But it doesn't apply to me." So sounds like the whole engagement was a lot of yeah, but a lot you'd, of you'd yeah, give a solution or you know yeah. coach through something, finally give some feedback or give a solution. He'd say, "Yeah, but I don't want to do it that way."
0: After. After thinking about it, I believe there was a key component missing, and that is that he did not have an objective. When we sat down, he did
1: not have an objective of his coaching. Yeah. Lesson number one, audience don't get a coach unless you have something you want to be coached on. Yeah. I mean, his boss had offered it to him to help him be more successful. And his boss should have helped him also pick a thing to work on. Yeah. Maybe if his boss had said to him what he really wanted him to work on, he would have had something to work on. Yeah.
0: And uh, his boss was also a great guy and he couldn't articulate a goal to me either. He said, well, I just want to get him help so he can be a successful manager. Help with what? Exactly. So that I think was the, the biggest thing. You know, we talk about viscerally getting something or grokking it. I believe this person never fully got what coaching was about or why it was important. He was never, obnoxious or any He was a lovely, lovely guy. Just didn't want to change or do anything differently. So I really kind of felt like I couldn't help him that much.
1: Sneed, I would say three criteria that someone would need in order to be successful with coaching. Uh, The first is to actually have a topic or thing you want to be coached on, whether Mm -hmm. it's getting a new job, switching careers, Um, working on your leadership skills, specifically which leadership skill, whatever that is, Um, to have self-awareness. So to be okay with digging deep and saying, you know what, my approach to this is wrong and I'm willing to try something else. Mm -hmm. So maybe self-awareness, and I would say step three, is the willingness to actually do things differently than you've been doing them before. Well, yeah. What's that Einstein quote?
0: Insan- definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You know, just engaging a coach isn't going to change your life. Sadly, there's work to do. Yeah. Now, have you had a client where it didn't work or it did work really well?
1: Um. Yes, I've had a little bit of both. I had uh, one client um, that I was helping to start a new business and was really, 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 really great, but and (laughs) and lovely person great business idea couldn't put pen to paper Mm. something holding holding her back from putting pen to paper so I ended up using a lot of my coaching hours on actually doing the work
0: wow so consulting almost
1: it really ended up being a consulting engagement so Mm. I think that there's a kind of good thing for people to understand
0: what was she missing the the goal the self-awareness or the willingness
1: the willingness in some regard and I think it was that skill versus will. Mhm. I think they they had the willingness to do it but they didn't have the skill to do the businessy side. Mm. You know, do the financials or market analysis. They weren't skilled in that area. Mhm. So, you know, maybe that third component is actually skill or will yeah or some combination of the two what's missing. Yeah. Um and then I've had coaching clients uh Particularly for me, I find some of the best coaching engagements for me are when people want to change careers or look for a new career um, and trying to really self-assess what's going to make them happy. How are they going to work? Because those people are intrinsically already have a topic. Yeah. They already know exactly what they want to do. For the most part, you know, they will get self-awareness through the conversation. Mm -hmm. Coached one person that was changing careers and I said, is it possible that when you get these questions, they're not coming out as well as because you're not confident in that topic area mm-hmm. and that you need more work there before you can really respond well to an interview. Is it possible is a great question opener that I'm really good. It's I'm very funny really, and you're you're I'm very really funny good. and
0: very good. Nicole, that is it possible is a great way of almost telling people something without telling them. Is it yeah. possible that this, and then, it creates this whole conversation with lots of
1: nuggets to pick up on as a coach. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, I think, I think that those are that, you know, and we'll probably write a great little blog about this. Mm -hmm. What are the three components that make a successful coaching engagement topic, self-awareness and skill and will. That's a good one. One more thing that people do often ask is how long is a coaching engagement? I think it really depends on number one topic, absolutely, or two, how developed is your self awareness that it takes you to get there, and three, do you need any skill development so in order to? That was a beca- sitting on
0: the fence answer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I had um, one
0: co- uh, one client where I had only three sessions with her, and they were all on the phone. It wasn't even face to face because a great uh, a great coaching experience can happen just with questions and rapport that happens immediately on the phone, especially if that person knows the topic, has self-awareness and really willingness to do something. Honestly, I, have, um, I, haven't ta- I hadn't talked to her for many months and she'd moved on to another job. I just reconnected with her. She's still using things that we talked about. She's still using the tools and, um, and she really did absorb them and change her job and then move on to a much more senior role. So she was incredibly successful in three sessions. Yeah.
1: So a way to make sure that you know if coaching is right for you is do you have something specific to work on that you recognize? Are you self-aware and willing to become self-aware in your skill sets and gaps? Mm -hmm. And are you willing to act differently? Are you willing to try different things? Are you willing to learn different skills in order to be able to do that something differently? And if you've got those three things, coaching can just be a slam dunk for you.
0: Yeah. So um, to close off this segment, then the news says that coaching is still a hot topic. It's still out there, whether it's- So hot right now. Well, it's so hot right now. It, whether it's the beginning of the year or you know, June, it's, it's always a relevant topic. The science, as you said, says that there's many different ways to approach it. There is a lot of um, really great research and science in that area. Um, we can publish those articles for people who are interested for sure. Um, and we say it works when you have those three criteria.
1: Survey says coaching does work. Coaching works. Totally does. Thanks for joining us today. If you want more, check out at the whiteboard at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca and on Twitter at whiteboardcons. See you next time. Episode two is on change management. Ooh, I like that. That's a good topic. Special thanks to our awesome collaborator, Jason Hatcher, creative director and visual designer, for your vision and support in the production of this podcast. Check out his work at www.digitalanalog.ca. See you later.